Hitchhiking through Northern California. She thought she was going to visit friends. But met a sweet-looking couple with evil intentions. Really, y'all? trying to be is this what is this what is this i just feel like i haven't given you character last time i did it because i came in super normal because i was like fresh from vacation you're like i'm trying to give you drama i'm trying to give you suspense i'm trying to give you thriller and i'm i don't know if it's translating but it is succeeding or not i can appreciate it's an a for effort so thank you for that you're welcome um this is what did you do like she said and i am charnel and i'm d um, it's good to be back. I'm really excited to record. I love recording this show so much. It's something like, all my shows I love recording is, but this is so fresh to me. You know what it is? I don't feel like, cause there's a, a just an interest. I don't have to try, my other show's political. So, I right. mean, there's work that needs to be done and I'm forcing myself. But this show is like my interest. I love true crime. So. No, so do I. It's, and now that like the whole forensic psychology thing is coming into this, like I can't help, like I can't get away from it. Like, I'm di- again. I'm diagnosing friends. I've got all these terms floating around in so my head. So what have you diagnosed me with thus far? Not a thing yet. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I, I mean, there are a lot of like friend, like <laughs> friend disorders. I would diagnose you with, like, <laughs> like, oh, you just want that because you want this and you want that. You're this way because you're a lazy butt. No, I'm joking. No, that's not. Give me something fun. Give me something good. Once you get deep into it, you're gonna find mine. Probably, I'll make it work. I've always been wanting to be diagnosed, but never got diagnosed. I don't know why. You should probably go see somebody about that. Uh, I do, and they didn't tell you nothing's wrong with you. Get out of here. That's not true either. Uh, (laughs) That's what I get all the time. Nothing's wrong with you. Hmm. Might need to get a 47th opinion. I I don't don't want anything crazy. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't want anything that's really going to take me out of my own. But, like, you know. Take you out of your what? Like, my own. My world. Like, something that doesn't shock me. Like, schizophrenia. I don't hear any voices. Well, schizophrenia is not always, you know, characterized by hearing voices and things like that. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't want anything that's life-changing. But I would like a diagnosis. Well, I mean, it might be life-changing in the positive way. Maybe you're dealing with some kind of mental illness that you're not fully aware of or you're not confronting and now that you're able to treat it through therapy and medications or whatever other options and avenues you have maybe yeah. life will change for you yeah, who but I knows don't have anything going on. I mean, I could, whatever it doesn't matter i could try to act it out but don't. i'm not i'm That's, not you might be offensive uh, no I'm not, I'm not even like that like i just i not <laughs> i don't have that ability to do so so uh, i was like i've got i've got my brother is like has a schizoaffective disorder and it is intense i um, think Mental health and mental illness. By the way, it was mental. It is still mental uh, uh, health awareness month. By the way, we never touched May. on that. Yeah, it is. It is. Shout we never to touched on that. So Shout out like, to everybody wanna... managing mental illness. Right. You guys are really superheroes. And you I didn't want to point that it. out. Yeah, we didn't do it. Um, my brother made a Facebook for his bunny rabbit, and that's how I knew that <laughs> he's dealing with a lot this month. Huh? What? Yeah. Usually people will make an Instagram for their dog if their dog is dressed up a cute oh. outfit. My brother made an entire Facebook for his rabbit. Oh, okay. And this I... Is, I mean, he has an actual rabbit, though. He, no, it's a real rabbit. Okay. I don't like the rabbit. Moose. I do not why, like... Why don't you like moose? Because he tries to bring the rabbit places. He's. I was like, Charlie, we can't... The, the rabbit's not coming in the restaurant. And it's not coming in my car. So, oh. figure it out. 
I don't like rabbits because one bit me. How did you get a rabbit to bite you? So I was at a pet store with one of my clients, and we were playing with animals, and it bit me. So ever since then, I, I'm not. A, rabbits are not a thing. That was super underwhelming. Can you do um, me a favor and talk into your microphone though? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's like all right. I was doodling. I saw. <laughs> but yeah, so housekeeping, guys. Housekeeping. Yeah, housekeeping. So. There's some great things I want to shout out. Uh, some new uh, patrons we have at our Patreon. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, our Patreon is up. Check it out for cool rewards. There's stickers. There's one-on-one Skype calls with us. T-shirts in there. You want somewhere. to see our face? If you want to see our face, if you want to hear me talk about the things I do every day, or watch me weep into a breakfast burrito, like because that's my real life every day. Uh, <laughs> Please check out those those rewards. Um, but we have new patrons, so I want to shout out to Jana Duran or Darren. I don't want to ruin your name. Uh, Melanie Morrison, Alicia Miller. I love Alicia. Alicia uh, has followed me from What About Your Friends, oh. um, and she's super dope. I really like her a lot. And Alexia. Mm-hmm. So you guys, thank you guys for thank believing you. in us. Thank you for supporting us. It makes me feel really. We are you singing? You. I want to thank you. That's I don't know that song. For shining your light on me. Nope. Not I used to sing as a kid. It's nothing. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. But, yo, yo so tell your friends. Other than that, guys, yeah. Um, I know you guys are listening. I know you guys listen. Some of you guys listen on Apple Podcasts. So do us a favor. Um, get the word out about what did you do. Rate, subscribe, and review. Like, rate. Please rate us. Please Give rate us. us. And be honest. Like, and don't drag <laughs> D in your review. <laughs> but. <laughs> drag me, sis, cause you know what? No, I'm gonna, I'm It gonna makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> but no, rate us. Um, five stars only. No, rate us. Uh, just, it just helps get the word about us. It helps us, uh, it'll help us be known. Like, one of the things I've always wanted to do, and this is not the purpose of podcasting for me, you know this. I podcast because I have a shit ton of fun doing it. But like, I've always, one of my goals is to end up on the new and noteworthy section of Apple Podcasts just like for a day. Like, I don't need to be up there forever, but that'll be cool. So just ready to review us, uh, get us, yes. a, and get the word out. Tell your friends about us. Um, don't forget to check out our merch shop too. It's T Public. There's going to be a, uh, a link in the show notes. Yes. Um, other than that, yeah, I have no other sweeping and house chores and things to do. Um, but you know who did. Oh no. <laughs> That was a terrible segue. <laughs> yes, it, was. it was a horrible segue. I'm cringing. If you guys can see my face right now. That was a very deep comment. <laughs> that was... I am never one to make fun of a victim, so I apologize. <laughs> I can actually segue this. Janice Hooker did. Oh, you made it better. I saved it. You saved it. You cleaned it up. (sighs) Oh, my God. I imagine you did the motion. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the taking of Colleen Stan on this episode. And this is a D choice. And I I love I love fucked up stories. I love crazy, you know, outside of the box cases so much. Mm. Um, And this this kidnapping was intense. Um, there was a lot of isolation, a lot of lies, a lot of uh, like webs built around this, and I was like, I love diving deep in. I was finding articles. I wrote, I found think pieces, and <laughs> because kinds. he's currently in school, he went into full school mode, linking what he's studying to what or you know researching. He he just he was in his best. Forensic element. psychology is dope, and I, I when can't wait to do- go back to school to do the same. Like I'm waiting. <laughs> when so, you're doing true crime, it's the perfect. I'll bring thing. out the DSM in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I should just gonna. <laughs> like drop it on the table the next big time. Book. So <laughs> no, but yeah. So we're gonna talk about Janice and Cameron Hooker, the people 
who decided to take Colleen Stan that faithful day. So just a little bit of background on Cameron Hooker, because there's not a lot known about Janice prior to meeting Cameron, um, aside from her home life. So Cameron was born November 5th, 1953 in Alturas, California. I also want to point out that a lot of California towns are Hispanic, like are yes. in Spanish yes, because yes. they're beautiful like that. Uh, he graduated high school in 72. Um, and then he actually meets the epileptic, withdrawn, kind of repressed, uh, Janice. In 1973, when she was just 15 years old. She was a wee little one when he met her. She was, she was young, was impressionable. Very. Um, and also, I want to specify, again, he was 19 years old. Now, what I did not do was go search uh, age of consent laws in California, <laughs> which I feel like I should have. Because age of consent thing, you'd be surprised at how recent consent laws have changed. Right. And, and right how now, we've moved them from, like, 15 to 18 recently. Like... I think oh, I don't know, I don't want to say it was Missouri. I think it was a southern state that for a long time it was like twelve. Nope. <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm not even bullshitting. No. I'm thinking back to the decisions I've made when I was twelve. Like the most I was doing was picking like peanut butter and jelly. Favorite ice cream flavors. Yeah, like you know, you know like peanut butter, jelly, ham and cheese. Like what is kind Mama of... gonna let me have Sprite or is she gonna make me drink fruit punch out? So because being I'm what almost a whole there. man. Or a whole man being a predator and preying on you. We're gonna get to it. Yes. Um, so the history of Janice is kind of a, is a tough one because she came from a very strict, emotionally abusive household. Um, and just, we, as social workers, us as people, people who listen to true crime, you obviously by now know the effects of child abuse and emotional abuse on a person. You know, it could lead to depression, anxiety, poor self-esteem, substance abuse, um, self-harming behaviors. Um, and the important one here is, Difficulty creating and maintaining close relationships. Yes. And so here we meet Janice, mm-hmm. um, really repressed, not having any framework of what healthy, successful, relationships um, functional like. relationships looks like, meets this man with his own weird kinks. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because I wrote a whole paper on attachments and bonds. He's so excited right now. He's <laughs> so... lighting. He's lighting up. He's like, school, I just did this connection. Yes. I wrote a whole paper so on So excited. This. So there's such a thing called traumatic bonding. All right, guys. And that's, um, all things are bond. Bonds are different from attachments and, um, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting the third thing. And cause bonds are something that can't ever decrease. You know how like relationships and attachments can be severed. Bonds are something that grow or they, they implode. They're just gone. You can mm-hmm. break bonds. You can break ties, but you cannot, they can never go down. So you build on them. Uh, so, especially with relationships. So, it's a, like, traumatic bonding is, like, a bond that's created through, uh, the patterns of abuse, uh, where punishment is interrupted with reward and, uh, quote unquote happy times and less stressful interactions between the two people. And so we, that's where we find Janice. Uh, so this is where we find her past intersecting with Cameron's paraphilia. So this is where I'm really excited to talk. Like, this is, this is so where I, this I'm, is where I, I am. Honestly, like, Imagine a child coming down on Christmas and seeing every gift he wanted underneath the tree. That is Charnel's face right I now. I like because I had no idea who Colleen Stan was. I had no idea who Janice and Cameron Hooker was, or were, are. They're alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all very so much alive. I, so this is not a murder case. Yeah, there, right. There, there is. This is the first case I think we've done where no one has died. No. Yeah. So it is a. But so I yeah I I it's that I I'm wrapping every gift I I was looking through this and the first thing I always go to is like most people do is Wikipedia to get a br- like a broad Brief idea synopsis, yeah um and then I just start googling and then I open encyclopedias like I have access to a university library again so like I'm like let me just stop it real quick let me just look at it <laughs> let me just take a look um 
So yeah, speaking of paraphilia, is that now here we are? Cameron was a sexual sadist. Yes, he is. He is. And for those of you who don't know what a sadist is, a sadist is someone who finds pleasure in inflicting pain, pain. and humiliation, emotional, mental, physical pain on another person. Not so much. Sometimes it's not the act of harming someone that is the turn on but sometimes it's the reaction to that pain right that turns on like having someone submit is what might do it for you as mm-hmm. well um so janice being submissive uh and coming from the household again not having the framework of a successful healthy relationship right. kind of falls in line with being called um a whore which mm-hmm. is one of my least favorite words ever unless you're talking about like real housewives which i don't watch but there is that clip of like Teresa Guidi's prostitution whore, like she flips the table. <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about. No, um, no one. I'm sure someone listening to this knows exactly the reference. Probably prostitution whore. She's and like they shaking will the tweet table. You about it. I hope someone. I hope. I love. I shout out to everyone who randomly follows me on Twitter. Like I don't know who most of you are, but I love it. Um, most people don't talk to me. I just see them. People like follow me, and I'm like, ah, hey sis. Um. So he falls in that. And I guess the favorite activity between the two of them is Cameron would hang her up by her wrist. Wrist, yes. And, and hit her with a bullwhip. Yes. Um, and again, there's no, there's no healthy relationship in this. So she thinks this is what love is. Yeah. She thinks this is okay. This is, this is normal. And unfortunately, I say that even though at some point in this story today, Janice becomes just as much a piece of shit, shit as, as Cameron. Yeah. Because I don't want to give any, I don't, I understand that pasts are things that help dictate our future mm-hmm. and that hurt people will hurt people, but also hurt, being abused in your past or being repressed or things like that do not absolve you of any kind of guilt or shame or culpability when it comes to right. mistreating other human and beings. And there's only so much allowances we could give somebody when it comes to that. Like, you know, like we talk about mental health and mm-hmm. how it affects, but you know, most of the cases we have to say they're, they, the people cross the line and we point out when they cross the line. Right. And Janice is going to become one of those people in the story that cross a line. Right now. So <laughs> <laughs> they get married on January 18th, 1975 with plans of starting a family. And because they have plans of starting a family, they come to an agreement. And that agreement is that Janice would like to have a safe and healthy, healthy pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah. So she agrees to allow Cameron to abduct a stranger to have as a slave so that way he can focus all his sadistic impulses on that person on two conditions that he can only whip the slave. I hate the word slave, but I don't want to say captive either. So guys, for it intents and purposes, I mean, slave. He, he's, he's he, this slave. is a term that he used to call her. He, We're being right. contextually correct. Right. <laughs> or creatively maladjusted. Um, <laughs> whichever one. Um, it was a term Martin Luther King used, and I just heard a speech today. I was like, I love that. Um, doesn't matter. Uh, the other, and the other, uh, condition was that he could not have penetrative sex, sex with the slave. I was, and he was like, okay, dope. When the fuck can we get started? Because yes. he, he was super excited about this. I've been trying to think about a time to interject with Cameron's voice, but I don't think that should be his voice anymore. And now that I'm saying everything out loud. Really? What voice are you I was gonna, give him? I was gonna give him like a, like a raspy, ugly, tall voice. But I and think then, the whole thing about Cameron is that he didn't come off that way. He came off as like nerdy. Yeah. But I don't want to give him that typical nasally like, oh, well, Janice, you know what I'm into. Like, why? Oh, I like that. I mean, that is. I was going to say, but that is him. Like, you just did it. And I was I like, like that, a lot. that is him because he sounds like a dad. He looks so, like. So, 
Janice, are you thinking what I'm thinking? That maybe, just possibly, almost possibly, that um, we find somebody. And she was like, yeah, I mean, we, we could totally get into that. <laughs> um, understand that this is how I want to do things. And he was like, yeah, Janice, whatever. So here we are. Um, and there's a fateful day. Mm-hmm. So we fast forward. And the young, vivacious, um, minding her own business like most of our victims are until terrible people come into their lives. 20-year-old Colleen Stan, hitchhiking from Eugene, Oregon, to surprise a friend at her birthday party in Northern Cali. And her car wasn't starting, so that's why she had to hop on the thumb and hitchhike. Um, I mean, I mean, first of all, shout out to you, sis, for, <laughs> for being a problem solver. She said, you know what? I mean, it's also the 70s, so everyone was hitchhiking. I and mean, doing weird yeah, shit. but <laughs> I mean, we should mention about how. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about that. Because, because this was the 70s, but so many of them. Killers were out were, here. Right. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, wait a minute, sis. But shout out to you for being a problem solver. It's like, my car's not starting. I want to surprise. So yeah, for you for putting your friends, like your friends above yourself. Like, no, I don't know, because like, I would have called. I would have called. I would have read back. They home didn't know she was coming on the payphone. Be like, I, I can't. They I didn't can't know she was it. coming. It was gonna be a surprise. Oh well. So that's the point. That she was like, I really want the surprise to go through. Surprise she hitchhikes. So she caught rides with a few truckers, and she ends up near Red Bluff, California. Which I googled pictures. If you guys are from Red Bluff, California, I mean, why? Live there. Do, do, do you? Um, but she gets dropped off and she walks up an on ramp and she waits for her next ride. Um, she, oh God, was a car five guys pulls up and she's yep. like, no, I'm thank not you. Me, she said, me with five guys is not a good luck. Because men are do trash. It. So she um, actually rejected wait. two rides. <laughs> I was like, she rejected two rides. I was like, no, wait. I was like, me with five, me with five guys. Like the restaurant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh my god, I could go for a burger right now. Those burgers. Do you are guys like have five a guys? Thousand like something calories. There's oh, well, I don't give a fuck. I'm thick. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be better. At she, life. Yeah, but she did skip two. Right? I've been really good this week. Actually, bitch, I put kale in a smoothie. That's where I am now. I had avocado <laughs> yeah, on a okay, turkey so sandwich. I've been having green smoothie with chia and flax seeds all week. Oh, I use cacao powder. I don't put any seeds in my things, but I have to. Keeps the system going. It's a strawberry banana kale. <laughs> And then I have a little bit of the cacao powder, so oh, like a little salt bag. Um, wow. Yeah, I do. And it tastes, it's actually fucking delicious. It's not for taste. I like literally need the flaxseed and the chia to keep the system going. I mean, I don't know why you back up like that. You might wanna... <laughs> see, you need to go see somebody about that. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, there are things that work. Coffee will push everything. That's disgusting. We're it does, that. though. That coffee, coffee is another coffee, thing that works. Coffee pushes everything. It's a I, remember, I remember one time as a child, I was a little backed up. And my mother was like, here, take some of this X-Lax. Remember X-Lax? Like yeah, the little chocolate? Um, and she made me drink black coffee. And I was like, oh, okay. So things are, I'm pretty sure I'm going to explode. Like, this is what's happening. <laughs> um, like, there's way too much traffic now, mom. What's happening? <laughs> but no. Um, sorry, guys. That's disgusting. But if you guys, you guys know me. I'm very. Everybody goes. Everyone goes. But I'm also very forthcoming about information about myself. I was, it's not hard to get me to say anything about anything. <laughs> uh, so go ahead. I'm sorry I cut you off talking about my lust for five guys. Yeah, well, she turned down two rides, and then she decided to get with a couple that passed by. She thought they were safe. They had a baby on board. Oh, precious. Baby, we, children children deserve better than us. Um, like, I'm not well, I'm that not a, child deserve better than them. <laughs> Children in general don't ask to be here. They deserve so much better than what we do and what we are and what this world is, man, what this world was. 
So she felt confident confident going into this because, like I said, there was a it's couple a with a baby on board. Um, but sis, you probably shouldn't hitchhike at all. I know hitchhiking is, is dangerous. I've all seen of the seventies hitch- where people didn't taken by because of hitchhiking, like all the seventies. This is true. Like really, it was because most people hitch. A lot of people hitchhiking were like kind of I don't want to call them vagabonds, but that's a word that came up in my very outdated uh, article I was reading the other day. Um, like our homeless or misplaced children, people who aren't technically, maybe not possibly going to be missed, um, if they go missing or if they're like floaters or a lot of seventies, everyone was drifting. So like people kind of come and go and you'll see this in, the, in this, uh, in this case a lot too, that when Colleen's family wonders where she is, they're like, Oh, maybe she joined a cult because those are blowing up all over the, the time, United yeah. States in the 70s. And it's uh, like the fact that the like even with Dean Coral when we were talking about the, oh maybe he ran away and got work. I'm like where uh, what were parents doing <laughs> in the 70s? Apparently <laughs> thinking all their children went to cults. Everybody went. everybody went to work. Everybody got part-time jobs work like Not even. People were like I said there was the cult factor as well. So people were right. just letting their loved ones go because that's what you did. You didn't force them to come I mean, back. It's California too. California's a huge state. If you're it doesn't matter. Right. So anyways, unfortunately the couple turned out to be Cameron who was 23 years old at the time and 19-year-old Janice. And of course like we said we were there actively looking for um you know, a sex slave. It's just a weird term. It is. I mean, but but it's an actual, like, it's an actual term. Now, if we were talking underage, um, well, human trafficking doesn't matter what age. Um, if we were talking underage, then we would start using different terminology. Um, but the fact that she is 20, um, and that she was, it's sex slavery is, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm not going to get into it. That's where social work and like right. psychology come in. And I feel like I, I want to talk about it, but that's not what we're talking about today. So Colleen gets in the call of the couple and almost immediately she starts getting sketch feeling because Cameron is checking her out. Like, well, where, where, where are you from? Like, <laughs> what are you, what is that you doing? <laughs> no. Okay. We can do that. Uh, so and, like looking, I heard in the rear view mirror. And it's the most uncomfortable Coming thing ever. And they pull into a gas station. She goes out to use the bathroom. And I was watching a few documentaries with Colleen and bless her soul for being a functional adult after, after this. After Wilson. Because <laughs> homegirl, we'll talk about it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she gets out and she says in all these interviews that she was in the bathroom and she's like, she's like, I don't know if it was the universe or if it was God. I just had this feeling like, get out, like jump out this window and like leave. Like something is wrong. Just, just listen, listen to that voice, people. Listen if, to that voice. The day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Um, that's the Bible. That's the book. Listen. But it might not be Jesus. It might be anything. It might just be, you know, home training. Like I grew up with a drug dealing mama. Um, so there are things I've learned that other people don't learn. Like we talk about attachments later, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but like how to, how, like I was taught how to escape a trunk if I was kidnapped, how to get off, get out of duct tape handcuffs, like stupid shit, like that relative and relevant shit. But it was like, so I have this inner voice whenever I'm in a room with people I don't know. And all of them look like they're below the standard of person I would like to hang out with we in terms should, of morals. We should make a Patreon reward, you teaching people how to get out of all these <laughs> scenarios. Well, retelling is reliving, and some of that was re- traumatizing, so I won't. Oh. But, <laughs> but it's a, uh, but no, it's, it's so, it's weird. So like that mm-hmm. voice, I know that voice. Mm-hmm. You walk in and like, mama, we should probably go. <laughs> like, unfortunately, she so did not listen to that voice. So she gets back into this car, Colleen, and she uh, sees a wooden box that's not full of uh, 
surprises and gifts. I mean, surprises, but <laughs> at all. On the back seat, um, the seat, uh, it wasn't there before, so now it's there now. Which is a terrible way to like get a jump on somebody. Like, <laughs> let me get into a car and there's a random box with, I with think a I neck would... hole in it. I'm like, let me get my butt. Right, right out. Yeah, <laughs> like, like my foot would be like right out. I'm like, oh no. I wouldn't even <laughs> shut the door. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, but actually, there's part of me that would have probably be like, is there food in there for me? Do you guys just pick up hitchhikers and like, <laughs> you <them>. have food? <laughs> So after about 20, 25 minutes, they asked if they could stop at these ice caves. Um, I don't know what an ice cave is. An ice cave is exactly what it sounds like. You tell me that. <laughs> but like, is it like with like ice thingies hanging down from the ceiling? You know what? There's like, a word and it's not stalagnites and sna- smalagnites. One's on top icicles? and one's on the bottom. So I know hashtag, that. I know hashtag from, gay culture. Uh, my mom. Hey, <laughs> I don't know exactly. Ice caves are caves with ice like coming down. I think most of them are like frozen, like on the walls and things like that, because of like broken groundwater coming through and leaking into the cave and it freezes. But it's also California. We'll put a we'll put a Google image search and yeah, I'm gonna have to see what ice cave is. That'll be the um, it'll be the Instagram post for this episode. Will be an ice cave. Ice cave. (laughs) Just in case anybody else is wondering what an ice cave looks like, that's exactly what we're gonna do. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Um, I'm (laughs) I'm like ice cave frozen. Elsa, no. I visited an ice cave. That's where you gotta go. (laughs) So Um, she, they turn down the strange world and they stop, and the hookers all get out of the car. I can't stand. I'm getting out of the car too. Like last name. Hold on, because you said the hookers get out of the car, and I was like, wait. <laughs> no, but I would have been gotta, like, "Are we all getting out?" Like we, I, because Janice was like Janice, because <laughs> Colleen was like, "Hey, you know, if this ain't gonna take too long, sure, let's stop at these ice caves." So I'm sure she's like, "It's been a hot day. She's been hitchhiking all day. What else? Like getting out and taking a hike to an ice cave. I'm gonna relax. You guys do you. You do whatever family thing y'all get down. With. I wish somebody would invite me to hike at an ice cave after I've been jumping on trucks and planes, trains, and." Why are you dropping on trucks and planes? I just imagine myself throwing myself onto like tractor trailers when I'm hitchhiking. Like I wouldn't even like wait for them to stop. I would just like Spider Man and just left into the side. You wouldn't? No. I don't think I could get that leverage or and I'm not gonna pretend that I could get that leverage (laughs) to be jumping on to trucks like I'm Spider Man. I wouldn't do it well, but I would try. I would would have a fatal injury and that's what would happen to my hitchhiking. Fly away. <laughs> Anyways, Cameron comes into that back seat on the passenger it side. Dark. I don't think you're really gonna do this music as we talk about this because it's fucked up. You started to get it. I was just like, yeah. Cameron jumps through on See, the. He gets terrible. on that passenger and attacks Colleen. He blindfolds her and puts that box that was not filled with food over her head. See, my, my problem with UD is that I feel like had it been filled, filled with food and it had it been you, <laughs> like you're, you're like, well, I can get into this kink. What is this? <laughs> I, right. I would have been like, oh, oh, oh. Closed my head. You, you guys. Thank you. So describing this box, this box is, it's kind of like a clam. Think of how a clam opens up. So this box has hinges. I it has clams. neck holes. Dope. And, <laughs> okay. <That's> good. <laughs> sure. Random factoid. So it looks like a clam <laughs> and it has hinges, has a neck hole. And so it closes around the back of her neck and it's, ca- it's 
carpeted so that way it's soundproof so no one can hear her screaming as they drive away or you know they're at stop signs and stoplights i was gonna say something stupid like did they have stoplights in 1970 (laughs) 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 oh god can you tell it's been a long one for me so they keep her in and they take her all the way to their home what i mean the baby wouldn't remember things like this would it it's a it's like a, it's still an infant. No, they don't remember this. Mm, never know. There, there are no formative memories for there anybody. There are people who had that disorder where they remember everything from birth. Mm, that disorder is also <laughs> up in the air. True. I don't know if that. It's not in the enough. Yeah, it's not in the DSM. Not enough studies have been done on that for people to be truthful. Because I can say I, I know enough about my mama. That I can say, oh, I remember my mama wore this, this, and that. And I've seen enough photos and enough stories about my mom wearing something certain. Um, I say, like, I don't know it's a dress. I keep saying it like it's a dominatrix outfit. <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud. But I was like, I, I don't know. Really my mom was that. in that latex spandex. And my mama might have been. I mean, my mama, <laughs> my mama was also a, a tall, large woman. So I don't know how. There, I mean, there is a thing for that, a kink for that, I guess. There like, is. I mean, we're going to get fetish. into paraphilias. Um, as we get a little further into this episode, but my mom was not wearing latex, guys. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Ma. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect you in this way. And like, we're not going to joke about what my mom would look like wearing that either. But I'm just saying, I she, never was going to go there. My mom would look like uh, Juana Barasa. <laughs> <laughs> you said we were not going to do it, and you did it. Because my mom was a my mom was a solid woman. She was like a six two, like two thirty, <laughs> like. <laughs> Complete opposite my of my mother. My mom would be a damn professional wrestler if she was in. I was like, Ma, where we go? Are we going to WWE? Cause... Complete opposite of my mother. Oh, God. Yeah, your mom is such a small woman. Yeah, she's just a small, tiny woman. I mean, every woman in your family is like so Pretty short. Pretty much. I just yeah. kind of. So they drive her to, we off topic. They, so they drive Colleen to their home on Oak Street in Red Bluff. And immediately they bring, they bring Colleen downstairs and they put her on top of a freezer and he ties her up by her wrists to the ceiling and then pushes the freezer out from underneath her so now she's kind of hanging by her wrists on the ceiling and he starts whipping colleen after they're done doing what they're doing to colleen janice and cameron proceed to have sex below her so gross it it, it, i mean just disgusting it's it's just one of those like there. It was like this isn't king shaming, and I'm I'm not trying to be super PC this episode because there's like this is like sexual sadism. This is this yeah, goes this beyond not, right. a lot of things. Um, Janice, what the fuck? Like where are we? <laughs> like, Janice has a lot. Janice had a lot going on. We've talked a little bit right, about it. We like, talked about it. Janice has a little bit of things going. on. She was on the first her. one, and then now she gets to take a break from. All that right, traumatic bonding, trauma, yeah, and like she's like, oh, this is good for me. I was able to have a baby safely, and now I'm not being whipped anymore, and now I can just enjoy coitus. I hate that word. That's a really ugly word. It is a gross word. I just get, I just get to enjoy having sex with my partner, mate, person, who husband. Awful. Who is terrible? I mean, See? Janice is also. I mean, Janice. I is, question Janice too, because you. I mean, you are having sex, like. Right. Like, How? this is, it's a mess. This whole thing is a mess. <laughs> so they have sex and then they finish, you know, doing the do. I'm sure he's a one minute man, you know, who's an impotent seconds. bastard. Pump, pump, gone. Pump, pump, give. Like, ugh. That's <laughs> disgusting. I'm sorry, guys. And, 
And so they proceed. Once they're done doing their do, he then goes on to start groping Colleen and feeling up on her, you know. And then, you know, when they just she passes out, she like passes out, stress, yeah. you know, trauma, like she just she's done. And when she comes to, she's being unhooked and being placed in this box in the corner in the basement. She gets put back in the head box. I was going to make a sound effect, but I clink, feel like that's insensitive. That's, no. I feel like that's insensitive. But she gets put back in the head uh, box and gets put in a corner, and then they kind of leave her there for the night. Yeah. Which it's which is ridiculous, and they and she stays down there. So they subject her to this this torture, this this kind of like degradation, name calling, whipping, stripping, all these things. She's had she's forced to use the bathroom and relieve herself in a bedpan. Um, they feeds her sometimes. I'm sure Janice is upstairs quoting, you know, Psalms 123. I mean, Janice would come in and bite her too, just join into the fun. Which. And then go pray about it. I mean, it speaks to a lot, again, speaks to, you know, the state of Christianity today. I think that there are a lot of people who do some dirt and then run and pray about it and think that's, that absolves them of everything. Like, you can't ignore things. Janice was definitely one of them. There was no way she would have. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I used to be one of them Christians. But the opposite, like I wasn't harming people, but I was out, you know, fooling and tooling and stuff. Oh, I like that. Fooling and tooling. <laughs> it also sounds like somebody's on... uncle said right. that. Right. So. <laughs> probably somebody, some, one of my old country ass uncles probably right. said that shit. <laughs> but I was out there sitting and, you know, on a Saturday at the club, you know, dancing up on all the random men's and whatnot and went to church smelling like vodka and poor choices. <laughs> and everybody was judging me and I was like, praise be to God. <laughs> Praise be Jesus, all the glory to him. I, for him, without him, I am nothing. And like hungover and sweaty as hell. So I, like, I'm not Janice Hooker bad, but I, I've been there. And Christianity is one of those really hard things to navigate. I mean, especially when you're living a life like that. I mean, she's just terrible. People could easily misuse the religion. And that's what Janice did after. Doing what she did. I want to take. I want to do a case where we talk about people who have weaponized religion in their in their abuse as well. I'm, I'm sure there's. Sure so, there so and I don't want to do like a Jonestown because it's been done a million times. Although but like, one of my favorites. I it love, is one of my. Favorites I love mass well. thinking and like. Like hive think. Hive yeah. Mind. Yeah. Yeah, but like that's a great way, a great example of religion, like being used to poison minds. Right. And at least the thought of like religious figureheads as well. Like not everything flows from the head down. Like a lot of preachers will tell you that, but sometimes you gotta go and get you some of that oil dripping too, girl. Either way, so. So throughout this uh, summer months of 1977, she's kept in this box in the basement of the Hooker home. She never leaves. Can the we basement. stop calling it Hooker home? I mean, that's their last name. It's this it's Haitian. It's this Haitian accent. It's like in the Hooker home, like the Hooker home, the Hooker home. Like it sounds. It just sounds way too easy for you to say this. Like it was so <laughs> random. I don't know what you're connecting in your head. I don't know. It just, don't know we'll talk about it off mic, I guess. <laughs> but she never left the base. Never had the opportunity to escape. He'll come down and feed her, allow her to use a bad pan to, you know, do her business, and then hang her and whip her. And that's what she was doing all of '77 at the I don't know hands of Cameron. The fucking hands. Trash box. I just. Trash I, box. Cameron, 
Cast a trash. You've never seen. We're so off topic this episode. Oh, that. Um, that Nene leaks. Um, Kim Zolciak. I've never watched Real Housewives, but I've only seen I'm the not clips. A reality. And neither am I. Yeah. And all my friends like will talk about it. And so they're like, "Close your legs to married men." Trash box. And I was like, "Ooh." You Ouch. liked it. You, you held yeah, on so to I've, it. So I've been calling people trash boxes just because <laughs> so someone says they like trash box. Either way. So it's all these things start ramping up. Like as much as most things do, as most cycles of abuse do, things tend to escalate. And so in January 1978, the Cameron hookers, Janice and <laughs> sex workers, though, Janice and Cameron come downstairs and they produce a contract <clears throat> to Colleen. And this contract says that she's going to sign over her body and soul to Cameron as his slave, and he has absolute ownership. In that she's to address him as Master Sir and Janice as Ma'am, and gives her the slave name K. Just the letter. Yeah, so apparently he wanted her to be like the female character in a French novel, erotic novel, the story of O, which I'm gonna look up and probably be my next read. I feel like that was turned into a movie, like I feel like I've heard about it too. I, you, that's not the dreamers. I feel like that's a book on its no, own. No, which this, is a phenomenal movie. Michael Pitt is so fine. I have to Google it, but I um, feel like I've heard <laughs> about this. But I mean, yeah, that's we'll what he did. The K, he did the O, whatever. Yeah, it's but we'll we'll talk about that too. So much for originality. He he's nothing. He's nothing. Because there is a a lot of a lot of Cameron's ideas of these things were based on erotica and pornography. Yeah, you know, so it's like. Which, again, speaks to his past and what he's come from. We don't know much about it. Right. But, like, there has to be, I, I, my, I theorize that there is some sort of abuse in his history, or maybe there's some sort of violent sexual act in his history that maybe he was an accomplice to. And that's where his sexual signals got crossed with violence. And now those two things have to coincide. So, like, I don't know, but that's just my thought. That's my theory. Much like Gacy, you know, stabbing, like, oh, homeboy, and then jizzing his pants. Like, you, like, it's just those things. It has to be a connection. It's just one of those things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then at this point, too, they introduce the concept or the idea of the company, which is really just an underground network of slave owners. So mad about the name. Lazy. That's just lazy writing. (laughs) I told you all of it. It was like the company. K. I mean, there wasn't much. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. There was. I mean, to be fair, most 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 of his energy went to like abusing people. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was a stupid name. I wish like he was. He wasn't as smart. To be again, to be fair, like he was manipulative enough, um, emotionally intelligent enough to manipulate people. But it was an underground network of slaves uh, that would enforce this contract, and that if she ever just tried to break it, they would kill her family, and that they were always listening on the phone, so she couldn't. They, he would say, "Don't go, like try to use the phone when we're not here. Don't ever try to escape." They're always watching the house, um, even fabricating the story that Janice was once a slave, um, and he married her to save uh, the company from killing her. Which you know, wild, you know? I really think this kind of speaks to the times as well because there was so much. Um, you know, cult-like behaviors, things going on, and different things. Because I was trying to think that if I was 20, would I have believed the story like that? If you were 20 years yeah, old? Yeah. Like, at the time you were actually 20 or in the 70s? Right. So, I, like, in the 70s, I would, 70s, I would probably believe it. But, like, at the time I was actually 20, I would have been like, no. Low-key, eight years ago when I was 20 because I'm young. 
Um, <laughs> not like not like you. Jerk. You lived in a house many moons ago. <laughs> there is. I would not. First of all, I'm super cynical. I'm super skeptical of everything. So it's like the company's gonna come and get you. I like, have I have a lot of questions. I'd be like, okay, before we move forward with this, <laughs> um, like I know I'm not going anywhere, but look. Um, so how large is this company? How long has it been in existence? How many members does it have? Um, are there and like, like what are you guys doing? At what the do, third what you, question, they would have let your ass go. You're right, but before they even got. Me. <laughs> I'd be a terrible kid. Like I, I always say that I'd be a terrible kidnap victim. I'd be a terrible inmate. Like both would probably end with my with my death because I talk too damn much. <laughs> like immediately they'd be like, "You're not worth the trouble. Get rid of him." Like I, in prison, I got too much of a mouth. They'd be like, "Yo, hand me a fruit cup." I'm like, "You know, man, fuck you and this fruit cup." <laughs> and then it's just like, "Oh, word, shank, shank." <laughs> And then I'm bleeding like you sass son of a bitch. <laughs> over shit all over a dull fruit cup, bro. <laughs> really? You couldn't get pears nowhere else. <laughs> okay, well I'm gonna haunt the shit out of you. <laughs> Every time you peel back a foil lid from a fruit cup, I'm gonna be in that. <laughs> he peels back. Remember me, motherfucker. Every, every time. Every time you bite down on a pineapple, I'm drop kicking you in the chest. <laughs> like. <that. laughs> Will make you puke that up. Oh God, I, oh God, I'm gonna write that into a movie someday. Like, I cannot stand you. <laughs> it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. Uh, so, this contract also required uh, Colleen to do household chores. And when he would walk in and yell "Attention," because he's power hungry. Oh God, he's so trash. She would have to run to a doorway, strip off all of her clothes, grab the molding of that doorway, and wait for him to whip her. So. He has isolated her enough to the point where she knows no one else at this point. She has no connection with the outside world. Her all, like she can look out windows and that's about it. She can see neighbors and that's all. She doesn't go anywhere. She doesn't talk to anybody but them. So they are her world. And so they have done a good job. I wouldn't say a great job, but like, because that implies that I appreciate it, but like a, a, they've done a job of breaking her down and making her subservient. So he has succeeded in that. Yeah, clearly. I mean, did they have a phone? I wonder if they had a phone as well. He did have a phone in the house. Hmm. I said that's why they, they, he threatened that they were always listening on the other end of the phone as well. So she oh, wouldn't yeah, want to. Because remember, yeah, now she's right. upstairs. She's no longer chained. Chained, right, right, right. So that's she wanted to when Janice is over there singing fucking hymns and stuff. And Cameron is out doing, you know, his minimum wage labor because he's an unskilled, uneducated bastard. Like, not that there's anything wrong with being less than educated as far as higher ed goes, but Cameron's trash box. Uh, I'm sure she had an opportunity to go to a phone. Right. But if you had, if someone had played up this idea, if people like you existed, I'm also sure that Colleen did not believe that the world was this dark as well. Like, understanding how people, her family described her as this happy go lucky athletic woman, mm-hmm. you know, very friendly. And I'm sure that's her world looked like that to get to this point. And meet people who are this depraved. I'm sure she believed that the company was a real thing. Right. Like, like I said, the times were a time where like things like this would be spread around often. Oh man, I low key would like to be. Let's, let me stop. I would low key like to try. I don't want to try it out, but you know how you can go to like mosques and synagogues and stuff and like be there for a worship service. Mm-hmm. I would like to like be present and observe like a cult meeting. Like, I've always wanted to observe a clan meeting as well, but that's a lot more dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As soon as I take that hood off, they're going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> but I would like I would like to see, because I'm not even like that. That's why I love, like, if you look through my, like, YouTube history or anything, 
there are a shit ton of like KKK documentaries because like I would I cannot understand how people think that way. Like I can't like it's so like really? racism is so disgusting. I understand why, but it's like this is gonna, also going to be something I touch on as we get further into the episode. But it's just it's so weird to me. Um, my, my thing is uh, Nazis and how people uh, just fell under Adolf so quickly. They didn't and fall. Like, well, that was that wasn't know, so quickly. That was, that was like, like a nine year process. But still, you know what I'm saying? Still, the nine year process, like to all of a sudden, I don't know. Well, you have to think. Like about, you, you lived your life with your morals for a long time. You have certain morals. Morals, moral compasses are not all things all the time. True. And then in nine years, it's you know one person is able to reform it. So that group think is what, and the same thing with Colts, that group think. Under well, the hand of the one person is I don't what think, I'm I think that we, as far, also as far as uh, Nazism goes and things like that, I think we also give the Nazis a lot, a lot more credit as far as their numbers in Nazi Germany. And you have to understand, yeah, there were people who did not believe in it, but there are also a lot of people in there who are what we call today moderates, people who don't move for anything because they're not affected. Right. You know, there's that whole they came for... Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's like they came for so-and-so and I didn't speak up. And they came for this person and I didn't mm-hmm. say anything. They came for this. But when they came for me, nobody was left to speak up. Type mm-hmm. that quote. That quote, Because yeah. it's what it is. Like, right. and, and so in Germany, there was a lot of people who just chose not to fight the oppressors because they weren't being oppressed. Right. And so like there are still people who had these morals, but self-preservation was just stronger than that, that which says a lot about a lot of people. And right. we can look at America today. And make I mean, a lot them. of people think like that. Apparently that's why America is the way it is today. I mean, so. America's America's been a lot of things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like there, the, I, I've always felt like you should believe what you want to believe, but if you're going to do that, you should do it with conviction. Right. Um, and my definition of conviction has always been you have to be willing to lose things behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're going to, you can't like, well, I don't believe with half of this, so I'm just going to go like this one. Like, no, like be all in or be all out. Like you can't, you can't be tiptoe because literally, especially like for the example of Nazi Germany, like lives are at stake. Right. Um, but that's not what this episode is about. Nope. <laughs> so. In February of 1978, you know what this is? This is this is uh, growth, apparently. So Janice <laughs> no. suggests to Cameron that he can have sex with Colleen, which opens a door right. for Cameron. Because at this point, Cameron has been, you know, molesting, assaulting, fondling Colleen without necessarily penetrating her because, that because was what these was were the agreement. conditions yeah. exactly janice said you cannot do that and so he's been obeying until really the contract and so now we have this opening and so now and we have what essentially is not sex um and this is what i wanted to talk about too because mm-hmm. in the context of kidnapping and what power looks like and what dynamics are like having sex with someone that you have imprisoned is not consensual because as the person who holds the power to free or continue to um, contain this person or detain this person, you because you have the power to set the rules, set um, set limits and proximity limits and all these things like that, it is no longer it is no longer a consensual sexual relationship. Like you are raping this person, right? And that's the same thing as like when you talk about Thomas Jefferson and like Sally Hemings, um, like she was his slave, and then he continued to you know get her pregnant and keep her keep those kids as slaves because trash Trash. box (laughs) but he wasn't having sex with this woman you know he was raping sally because she could not say no because he had he owned her 
You get what I'm saying? So it's the same kind of context. So mm-hmm. understanding that him now having sex well, so is not just having sex. It's raping right. Colleen. And for anybody who has rape um, triggers, I apologize. There'll be a, a warning a warning in the show notes. That's kind of late now. But mm-hmm. read the show notes, please, first. Um, but all these things change. Uh, changes the way he approaches uh, uh, Janice. It changes the way he approaches Colleen. Um, I know at one point that she, that Colleen had even said that he had sodomized her. Um, so he like took very all the liberties with her body that he right. could. I believe and, he he did the sodomy before the rape because he did you know penetrate her with inanimate objects. Yeah, it's it's trash. But then they take um, they move because they are Cameron broke is bastards. so busy doing this and not taking care of his family. Right, so they move into a trailer home, and this is where it gets. So fucked up because now the obvious the obvious issue there's no basement there's no basement they've been keeping Colleen in a basement um, and so to circumvent this inconvenience Cameron who uh, I've talked about it with you off mic right as far with so many killers we find that they could they have all these other skill sets capability to build a lot of things and it frustrates me to no end like home homeboy like if you if y'all just gotten the help you needed you could have been something else and it's so furniture this bitch could have made all the furniture but yeah here we are so he constructs this tall they had a waterbed so he constructs this tall platform hate waterbeds don't we swish swish bitch (laughs) they're the worst it's the worst like i don't need seasickness as i sleep I mean, I don't I, need that weird motion where you're just kind of constantly. Hey, if moving. you've got a, if you've got a lover, ladies, um, men who like the company of other men, um, if you if your man isn't where or at a at a length that you'd like him to be, <laughs> and you, everyone talks about it, it's not the size of the boat, it's the motion of the ocean. If your man's boat is a tugboat. And you're looking for more motion in that ocean. I feel like a waterbed might be for you. Those things are awful. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you want more motion. What? Because what's worse than having a tugboat that don't move well? You know, like it's just like make the effort. Okay, I don't need. to Well, that's be what I'm saying. So a waterbed might, you know, you might give you an extra little umph in your thump and your pump and your tump pumps. You know, I don't know. <laughs> that's the only thing I can see a waterbed. Waterbeds are just they seem terrible to me. Because what if you? You know, I fall asleep all the time with my clothes on. What if my little belt hook thing pokes, pokes it? Pokes the hole. Now nah, I'm wet. I think I use like I wasn't that drunk last night. I think I relieved myself in my bed. I feel embarrassed. <laughs> my cat's staring at me, looking at me like, "Bitch, what did you do?" And I'm well, like, "I feel I don't like know. there's they're probably really thick." <clears throat> That's what he said. So <laughs> either way, back to Colleen. So they so he builds this tall platform just enough for an, a larger, a little bit larger than a casket sized box to slide underneath. And this is where he's going to keep Colleen. And in this, Colleen has to lay on her back while she's in here. And there's a bedpan at her feet. So if she wants to relieve herself, she's got to use her ankles and legs to scooch it out for up underneath her, use it, and push it back down. But not only that, and just to show like the disgustingness of these conditions, is that she's left in there with it. Right. So she's left for hours with her feces for hours. This is like a coffin type thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? throws me off is that like you have little girls at this point they had two little girls right so these kids you know kids normally when they're scared at night or whatever want to spend time with mommy and daddy they will come to the bed and so the whole time you're storing a whole person underneath your bed and your kids are probably on that bed you know having family time with you guys and Mm. you have i mean how sick can you be 
apparently very. Like, <laughs> these, Cameron, so again, this is what school does to you. I was sitting here looking through uh, textbooks, and I was like, what would, what would you, um, well, what would you diagnose Cameron with? I mean, there's some disassociative issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm thinking clearly. like, and I was like, okay. And I wouldn't, there's no, I wouldn't say anything about borderline personality either. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how would you, like, there's, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to start throwing out, um, diagnoses on the show is one of my least favorite things mm-hmm. to do. I like when actual, like, professionals, people who are doctors, who are, who when, when are we like, get, well, <laughs> you know, when you get licensed, you could do it. So when I get licensed, I will be diagnosing everybody on this show. I should, oh, I should just get licensed. You didn't plan to? That's my plan. I'm going for the license. So I could diagnose. It's, it's so much school. It is. It's, it's like not 21, school, but it's like have, 21 extra things past. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah. That's seven more classes. Yeah, I'm doing that. And then on top of that, I am, you, then you have hours you have to do like under a certain, yeah. I know. I'm doing it. That's I'm the not, whole point of me getting my yeah, master's. I'm just going to get the education and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, I will be diagnosing people Feel free. on this show. And then I probably will, too. Like, it's just going to be a thing. Um, I'm going to do this under your license. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to write it down and have you say it out loud. <laughs> That's terrible. So in, this, so, in the rest of 1978, she spent in this box, mostly. Only let out to do housework and to be tortured and, again continuously assaulted by Cameron. She also babysitted these kids, She's, which, again, throws me off. She would babysit and then clean, and, I mean, it got to the point where neighbors knew her at this point. Right. And then the big kids thinks that the babysitter goes home when, in actuality, really, she goes underneath the bed in the box. In it's a... See, my, the other side of me goes right to the babies. I'm like, yo, yeah. like, this is... Like, all it would take... To traumatize this baby is for them to catch a glimpse. How did they not of, look under the bed? It's a platform. It's like so there's, it just, a lock. there's a lock. There's a lock. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not like transparent. It was con- uh, there are pictures. You didn't see the pictures of them when they nope. reconstructed it during the trial. No. And it, uh, first of all, shout out to that prosecutor who was like, "I want to make sure everyone in this jury has to see this." And they reconstructed the box and every day place it in the middle of the courtroom. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, sis." I see. <laughs> she was like, "No." She's about her job. She's not letting this man slip away. <laughs> You're gonna see how awful these conditions were right. for this. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, so even then, because there's no basement too, uh, she helped. Cameron made her help him build a shed, a torture shed, essentially, where he constructed uh, all kinds of torture devices, including like a medieval torture rack uh, to use on her, where he would, you know, stretch her out, tie her up by her her wrists at the top and her her ankles at the bottom and stretch her out. And just, again, this the sadism that comes into this. And I so don't get me wrong, like for a while. Like I dated a guy who was really into the BDSM scene, and I'm not. I'm not comparing the two guys. Let's take a step back, because right, if you let people jump in your mentions quick, like that's right. not my. That's not right. That's not my community. I'm like not saying y'all. I'm saying like I understand that there's a very fine line between pain, pleasure, discomfort. Like I know there are, there are people out here that eat till they're bursting, and because it puts like pressure on their loins and things like that. I mean, that's not me. I'm going to sleep. Like, but let's get it how you live. But I understand, like, there are ways to do it, but there has to be consent. There are better ways to get this out of the way. Either way, I like kids are yelling next door, guys. That's what it is. Um, we are not in a studio. (laughs) Well, we're in a studio. It's my studio, but it's not a studio. Um, and so 
in December 1980, after two and a half years, there's a little light in this. A little Christmas gift is given to Colleen, and he allows her to call her family. Once again, it's it's more of a control tactic. It's to give a little bit after controlling so much, put a little light in the end of the tunnel. Right, the oh, cycle of not, abuse. He's not so bad. Um, here's this little gift, and he allows for this to happen. So calls her family. And, you know, immediately the family is like, hey, you know, oh my God, you know, it's been so long since we've heard mm-hmm. from you. And they had all assumed, like, I don't want you guys to think that they just didn't give a damn about Colleen. They were looking for her, but they had also assumed that she had just ran off and joined a cult because it's the 70s. And apparently that's what folks from yeah, Oregon this, did. This was I, the time of cult, so. Like the upper, I mean, I would I still would love to. I'm sure I have a friend in a cult. Like, my fear is I'm going to join, like, I'm going to end up joining and leading cult. Like, I just know. I mean, are they that, like, popular nowadays? No, they're They're not. They're really not prominent. They're not, but all cults are and also, like, devious and toxic. Like, a lot of things are labeled as cults that technically aren't. I can get a list of them. I was actually Googling them the other day because of this case. And I thought there are a lot of like religious cults. There are, are a lot like, of religious cults, yeah. but religion can be weaponized. There are a lot of like yeah. um, nudist colonies, um, like pockets that you could generally say are cults. I would, um, I would, I would. But it's it, like there, there, are, there's a there's criteria for cults. I would um, join that one just to see how it's like nudist. Yep. My, I feel like I had a friend who went on a, na- a naked retreat for a weekend, and he loved it. I'm infamous for like loving being naked, and every, every like my whole family is like feel layers free to do of that. Layers of clothes. Your house. <laughs> like, feel free to do that at your house. The least amount of clothes makes me happy. It won't happen here. <laughs> it won't happen here. And Even I live alone, and whenever you see me, like I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to walk by my cat. Like, I wrap myself in a towel leaving the shower. She's like, meow. And I'm like, oh, slug, get away from me. <laughs> Are you commenting on my man titties? Like, I was what? Like, First of all, I don't have man titties, but thank you. <sighs> thank you I for call. making everyone think so. Like, look, see, now you don't disrespect me. Now you're going to have to post your chest, I guess. I don't have to post my I don't have to prove nothing. She's like, nah. I don't care <laughs> Ain't no one, there's no one under the sound of my voice that is bagging me. I am single until I'm ready to mingle. Or until someone purchased Pringles. For me. And then I might think about it. If you buy me breakfast, I have my breakfast, then it's your mind. It's whatever. You're Pringles? Yeah, you don't like it. Once you pop the fun, don't stop. You never heard that? Mm. Anyway, so he call, He allows her to call home <laughs> and is supervising the call the entire time. Right. Um, And obviously, like I said, the cult, they, they thought she was in a cult, so they didn't want to push. They never want to push too much. Okay. But they, you know, but he's there, asks, tells her to hang up, done. Um, and but being given a little bit more freedom, which is a little bit strange, he allows her to start jogging. So again, remember Colleen used to be this very athletic woman. Now right. um, through malnutrition and some things like that, she's become a little bit more emaciated. But like she, that's something she loved to do. I, I always wondered at this point: is it for her or is it for him? Like maybe he started to not like the way she looked and made her go jogging like or like i always wondered well I mean, she's thin at this point right so at causing someone to exercise and barely in feeding them the bare minimum to keep them alive is not going if you didn't like the way oh, she looked yeah at, cardio right i'm like that's gonna, i was thinking muscle oh no she's jogging that's all cardio yeah so. all cardio um i mean it'll help her build lean muscle you see how much i exercise for me to know <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible so 
In March of 1981, Cameron lies to Colleen because all of this has been a lie and says that the company has given her permission to go visit her family, but she had to prove her loyalty. So, again, in another screwed up, depraved fashion, Cameron made her get on her knees in front of him and put a shotgun in her mouth and pull the trigger. Now, the trigger, like the shotgun, obviously not loaded. Mm -hmm. Colleen is still... Uh, with us Mm -hmm. but just think about the like like he's gotten her broken to that point where she was willing to do that but also would you think that she's that she knew that it wasn't and she wanted to like she wanted to see her family like there's all these parts of this because there there are a lot of critics of this case who say that colleen was consenting in all of this. Right. Um, as we get to the trial later, the, they're going to the, the defense will say that because she signed a contract, because she took these, she did these things and smiled in these photos that she wanted to be there. And there's levels of, again, Stockholm syndrome, levels of secure attachments, anxious attachment, fearful attachments, like all these levels of all these things and how we have to really unpack all these things and where we are in this. Um, that it's just not the case. It's it's disgusting that anyone like that's why I never became a defense attorney. That was my goal, and Same. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Like I can't talk about a victim as if they're not a victim. It just wouldn't work for me. That that was my same. I actually was in uh, Fordham for pre law. Uh, that was the program I did, and mm. I was like, and out. <laughs> yeah, it just mm. I know. Don't get me wrong. The criminal like my, my like I went to undergrad criminology. Like criminal justice is a major part of that. Right. Uh, but like it's just. I enjoy the criminal, like learning about the criminal justice. Same. I do. We do a true crime show, but it's right. just like, whew, man, it doesn't matter. Like, my moral, com- my moral, like my morality is based in something deeper than just you know, quote unquote, what justice is, right? And what it looks like all the time in America is not what it really is. Like we I don't know- feel like if you can't, you know, prove the person is uh, guilty, that necessarily means that they're not guilty. So. Well, exactly. There's a huge difference between innocent and not guilty, right? Like. There really is. Uh, so, in 1981, March 20th, Cameron takes Colleen to go visit her family in Riverside, Cali. Um, you know, on the way, they got their lie together saying, hey, you need to tell them that I'm your fiancé. And not only that, but the company had had her father's house under surveillance this entire time. So, don't try to step outside. Don't give any weird signals. Don't try to, don't try to you know, let anybody know through any kind of, you know, whispered secrets you're going to go to the bathroom, like, you know, go alone, like the weird shit, like right. the most intense stuff. Uh, but again, this, the family gets there, embraces her, you know, realizes that she's lost significant weight right. and she's in homemade clothing that I'm sure. Janice. Jan- like, I her. just, I just see her you being really, that. I feel like you really don't like Janice for being maybe even more than Cameron for being like this silent accomplice. This silent Christian accomplice. And it's because I identify strongly with Christian. I grew up a church boy. Y'all know this. Mm-hmm. And so like anybody who claims to love Jesus and the same Jesus that I love who can do and co-sign and allow things like this to happen. It's just like, ugh, it disgusts me. The same people who are like down for like, you know, disowning kids for being queer or conversion right. therapy or, you know, things like that. Things that obvious that will obviously, and there's evidence mm-hmm. that will say that it psychologically damages people. And you're saying, well, God wants this. Like, no, God does not want your kid mm-hmm. to not be able to cope for the rest of their lives right. and have all these repressed thoughts and feelings for fear of pain and punishment. And they can't have healthy relationships going forward. And now they're sneaking around on the down low. And it doesn't matter. This is not what this, con- this, this episode is about. Because uh, if you let me go, I'll go forever. I mean, Christianity. Though. I love God. I just can't stand Christians a lot. It's 
it's just a lot of people think they're Christ-like, and it's just they're just not. It's you know, love others as I have loved you, and well, by this will they know. A lot of people want to speak for him instead of worshiping and believing and having faith. They want to speak for God through, and I guess use their uh, that as a I don't know reason a. Uh, back up to their thought process well everyone everyone loves having some levels this is the problem with people too is that nobody wants to admit that they enjoy having one-ups on people you enjoy feeling levels it feels good to feel better than other people that there's that's there's truth in that it feels good to do that um as far as christianity goes though there is there's a parable in the bible i talked about it on what about your friends where there's farmers and the workers say hey someone came in the middle of the night and planted weeds against amongst all our crops we should pull them out. You know, this is wrong. And the farmer says, no, don't pull out the weeds because if you pull out the weeds, you pull out the good stuff too. Um, so do that. And one thing is like, do that. Let, let them grow together. And when it comes time for us to harvest these things, I'll do the separating. And I think that's what it is. Like, it's not our job as people, as Christians, as whatever to say who is right and really who is wrong as far as who is, you know, serving God and living living whichever right, way right, right. but because God says I'm going to be the one to handle it. you guys all love each other and live amongst each other in peace and when it comes time for me to come back and do what I need to do I'll do the separating that's not your job it's not your place so people who do things like that in my opinion are really truthfully playing God right. in the same vein as the same people who are murdering people and taking lives right. like it's not your place to do this right. um, but that's my soapbox I'm stepping down pat, pat, pat. it's relevant because Janice um, that's really why this is like relevant because the way Janice was right but welcome to my TED talk um, <laughs> this is thanks for coming uh, <laughs> grab a card and a mug on the way out thank you so much um, but again they realize that she's lost weight and that she's in homemade clothes which really reinforced the, the idea, idea that she's in a cult and because of that you know if you're in a cult and you've been indoctrinated you don't want to push somebody who is because then they'll they want to they'll hunker down double down and protect this identity and possibly leave and they haven't seen her in years right. remember it's been almost three years at this point and again around this time they had literal cult trainings on like what to do if your child right goes into a cult and that was one of the things not to push and pry so they didn't ask any questions it's man so he visits uh she visits them and less you know less than a day later he calls up and says hey i'm coming to get you wrap it up um again the cycle of abuse has to be it has to be here a brief here are brief rewards it can't be too long of a reward and kind of everlasting things you don't want her to feel this sense of freedom again and decide to stay um so he comes in and aunts you know shout out to the nosy aunts in the world who are like well who are you what do you do take a picture for memories and they take this photo and a photo that would later go into uh evidence for the defense um to use because in this photo she looks happy happy yeah, she's, she's smiling. smiling her and cameron both are smiling at this in this photo and again they would try to use that as evidence saying that she was a consenting uh party in this in this um uh, contract in this situation circumstance and she just was not um and then she gets back to the trailer and right away most of her freedoms have been revoked yeah cameron is afraid that he let her have too much freedom he gets nervous and she's basically back in the box. She's not doing her jogging anymore, not cleaning. And she's basically in there for three years. Yeah, essentially for three years. And we get there, and then in 1984, 
um, lets her out and starts letting her out again to kind of do housework, but then also allows her to get a job outside because the home. Probably Cameron can't keep it together. Cameron, Cameron ain't shit. Like I'm sure his credits, his IQ is higher than his credit score. <laughs> like trash box, and so. <laughs> So he allows her to get a job outside of the home to kind of alleviate the financial stress that they're experiencing. And she gets a job as a housekeeper at a local motel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this time, again, Cameron feeling his oats announces that he's going to start building a dungeon and collecting sex slaves. To which finally... Jen is like, no. What we won't do is have any other women in this house. And I'm right. like, sis, this is it? I mean, again, they were also talking about making Colleen the second wife. That's true. And so, that's, I think that's more so of her. No. Right. Like, you, there are, again, this, people, we love as humans, we love having advantages and we love feeling like we're above someone. I mean, we could talk about how the concept of race was introduced in America. Um, you know, we, they gave certain slaves titles and put them above other yeah. people. And so now all of a sudden, even if, even if you're still enslaved, even if you still don't get any, any more access, now you have responsibility. And so now you're important. Right. Janice had the title of wife and now she's importante. And making Colleen a second wife would put her on the same level with Janice after they've already degraded, degraded and dehumanized and humiliated this woman. It's Yo, not Cameron had the nerve. So he would take women, like beat them. <sighs> Like, do a whole bunch of things to them and then want them to be his wife. Well, he, he Is that knows... like, if this had gone on, would that have been the cycle? Probably. Because he, he, it seemed like, you know, Janice was the first one. She went through all this. And then, you know, wife, or she was already wife. And then Cameron now goes through all this, wife, and then he finds a new one. Probably. That's, That's probably, that would probably be, I mean, there are, again, this... This had the makings. If Cameron was smart enough, like he was, he doesn't, he didn't have this capacity mm-hmm. of thinking to be the beginning of some f- like weird, screwed up sex cult. Yeah, you know, like it feels like that. Yeah, Absolutely. and so, but Janice decides this is the final straw, and it. But also in this meantime, Janice has found a stronger relationship with Jesus. So maybe she's experiencing that conviction. Sure. Oh, trash. Sure. I thought about. Um, and which is true. So oddly enough, her and Colleen have begun talking and through religion have built bonds. And if you guys don't understand the difference between bonds and like attachments, bonds are something that are typically formed, um, you know, either, and they can only grow stronger or be broken. They can't be diminished in any way, shape or form. So a lot of like religious bonds, political bonds, you feel strong connection to people who believe politically the same things as you. So if you are conservative, you're going to more so relate to and align yourself with people who are also conservative because you feel like you have a former, a similar uh, foundation. Um, if you're both Christian, you're going to feel like we both grew up in the same type of way. So we're going to be together in this. And also we talk familial bonds, relationship bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've grown this, they've grown this bond through God, which again, makes me have feelings. Um, but on August 9th, <laughs> 1984, Janice visits her pastor and really just kind of lays it all on the table. This is what we've been doing the last seven years. These are, this is what I've taken part in. This is what I've allowed. And her pastor, instead of calling the police, um, says, You need you, to go tell somebody. You've been living in sin. Go fix it. And so she goes, Janice goes to the motel where Colleen works and comes clean about most things. 
Yeah, she says that the company um, exists, but he wasn't a part of the company. I right, and so like it's Janice is amazing. <laughs> like the, like we're gonna talk about this in a little bit. Um, so Jan- Janice, Colleen calls her father, and to let him let him know, hey pops, you know your girl's coming home. Um, just so you know, and because you know now she's like, wow, like I've been subjected to all these things and. This whole world that's been built around me is a lie. Right. So now she kind of feels empowered and feels emboldened. So she even steps outside and calls from a payphone, calls Cameron one to give him one final call. And it was basically like, "Hey, I'm leaving." And, and Cameron <laughs> weeps and sobs, cries, and part of me thinks it's because I think he couldn't think of anything else at this moment to try to manipulate her to stay. Well, I think it's, I really think it's because he has, like, in the same way that children, uh, we talked about bonds like 10 seconds ago, mm-hmm. like, he feels like he owns her and he, she is very much an object. And so I think that when you take a kid's favorite blanket away or he, they lose their favorite toy and nothing can console them, I think this is, could be what he was feeling was that this grief, this loss, or the other thing was that now he feels like his world has been shattered and he's going to prison and he can't handle it because he's a bitch. No, so I, I was thinking <laughs> about this and I think it's literally because he just couldn't think of another way to manipulate her. So he was going to try to use sorrow like, oh, don't leave me. I need you. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. And then try to get her to stay that way. Right. That's what I think now. Because I was like, why would you cry? Like, did you really like her? And then I was like, mm-mm, No. I think you just couldn't think of, at that moment, a way to try to manipulate her except to make her think that she would be dearly missed and you can't live without her. And so you started crying. And maybe you would try to get her to stay that way. Hmm. That's what I was thinking. Well, that's, I never thought about the manipulating through crying. But yeah, I feel like, do you really think that because she's made this decision and now all of a sudden she is, you know, like going to be moved by that but who knows that's, yeah that's because i think in a way i mean if you're gonna elevate her to wife then you're thinking that she's somewhat compliant and like affectionate towards you or would want that right you know well here we go so regardless of where he why he the tears came but in the summer of 84 you know now 27 year old colleen stan uh is finally free for her captor for the first time in more than seven years and even in all this Stan agreed uh, with Janice uh, to not to go to police right away. You know, just kind of give Cameron a chance to reform. But really, all it did was give Cameron time to destroy all the torture devices and everything. Right. Which is, it's it's ridiculous. You want to kind of, that's why I said there has to be some part of Cameron that thought that if he did cry, that he would get her because she was willing to give them a second chance. So that, that was like, like, that shows the kind of manipulation that was going on there. Hmm. And the kind of mind control that kind of went on where it's like, oh, well, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to give you guys a chance to reform. So somewhere, I think they did try to brainwash her into almost caring about them or thinking that this was a family. And so the crying was me saying, come back. I'm going to miss you. He's not. <laughs> so he destroyed that, destroyed the, the torture devices, <laughs> destroyed the contract, um, even though they found a copy later. And three months later, Janice decided to report her husband to the police and can also, in this uh, confession, confess to the kidnap and murder of uh, Mary Lee Spanhake, 
um, who was a young woman who had gone missing um, in 1976. Um, and apparently they had, you know, kidnapped her while she was hitchhiking. Um, yeah, they hooked, they had strung her up, beat her, um, shot her with a pellet gun and then strangled her and dumped her body somewhere near, uh, Lassen Volcanic National Park. But the police couldn't, ne- could never, uh, recover her body. And so all they could do was charge, uh, Cameron on the charges of kidnap and rape because of Colleen. Right. And Janice was, uh, granted immunity for her testimony. Right. Uh, so she get she got to get off because she confessed and turned herself in, and probably uh, she was one of the witnesses. Yeah. Yes. So on October thirty first, nineteen eighty five, Cameron Hooker was found guilty of ten felony counts of uh, murder, the murder, rape, and kidnapping. And was sentenced to 104 years in prison and a $50,000 fine, which $50,000 in the 80s was a lot more money than it seems like now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was actually up for parole in 2015 due to the new California rule. Yeah, originally he wasn't up until right. 2023. Then they moved up to uh, 2015 due to this elderly parole program where they were... I guess people over 60, they were letting them have parole um, earlier. Maybe well, yeah. as a... if you were over 60 and if you were over 60 and you had spent at least 25 years uh, in prison, right. they were allowing you to be granted. It doesn't mean you're getting out. It just means you're, they'll allow you a hearing. I wonder if this was one of the things they did because, you know, California jails are overpopulated. So. Uh, they are. Was, yeah. I mean, Lindsay Lohan got out for overpopulation, whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> April 15, 2015, his parole was denied. And he is currently serving his sentence at Corcoran State Prison in California. The next parole um, hearing will be for 2022. And he still won't get out, I'm yeah, sure. Yes. But again, Janice was not charged in anything uh, because of her testimony. And she continues to live in California under a different name. Uh, Colleen, because only she's she's a bad bitch. And she decided to bounce back. Um, went to therapy. You know, love, got love from her family. Got the support from her friends that were there. Um, she has since moved on, pushed ahead. She got a degree in accounting. She got married and had a daughter. Um, mm-hmm. Since divorced. Yes. Because marriage is a sham a lot. Uh, but now she's living in California under a different name, doing a lot of advocacy work. Yeah. Um, so, like, talk about a bounce back. Right. She helps uh, abuse women, so this is what she does. Exactly. And, again, so this is The Taking of Colleen Stan, mm-hmm. episode 13. Like I said, a little different for you, a little, you know, a little more of a happier ending. Oh, yeah. Definitely, because there was no one who passed away, but still a tragic story. And it's an intense story. Yeah. And I appreciate you choosing this. This this You're moved welcome. me. Again, my my original plans were, you know, changed. Debunked. And <laughs> diminished by the last podcast and the left. Yeah. We love them. And I've been, you know, I'm still I've, going back and doing Dennis Nielsen. We can do it later in, on. In because we have to. I was so excited for it too. I love a gay killer. No. Um. So here we are. This is it. Um. Where can people find you in the timelines? D underscore L I G H T four on Instagram and Twitter. You guys could hear me also every other Wednesday. It's biweekly on Unspoken Citizen Podcast. You guys can find me on Snapchat, Instagram, and on Twitter under one name. It's Charnel B, C-H-A-R-N-E-I-L-B. You can hear me every Tuesday on What About Your Friends and every other Monday or every Monday. God, on Boys Love Beyonce. It's you can every find Monday now? Boys Love Beyonce has always been every Monday. Oh, really? Um, it's just late this week. Oh. So you guys can find the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at What Did You Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash What Did You Do Pod. 
Uh, again, guys, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, uh, let your friends know all about us. If you guys have any kind of suggestions for a case, tweet us, email us at what did you do pod at gmail.com. Um, other than that, I have nothing else to say to you guys. I have one more thing. Um, just a reminder that we are doing, again, a, a charity drive for women who are homeless. We are collecting money um, that's going to go to the purchase of sanitary pads, um, tampons, all women uh, feminine products uh, for women that are homeless because they do not have the access that they should. These things are normally very expensive. It's underreported that these things are needed, but there is a need, especially if you look at like you know, the hurricanes that went by and people were displaced in uh, Puerto Rico and in Houston, that one of the things they actually did ask for were feminine products. But again, it's not normally reported for your everyday homeless woman. So we are collecting money. So um, by the end of the year, hopefully we could um, buy a box for uh, one of the shelters in the area. Right. We did this last year. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Checked it out. Yeah, there is such an underreported need uh, for women who are displaced or homeless. But yeah, guys, make sure you help that. There'll be a link in the show notes. So until the next time we chat. Uh, Happy birthday, mom. Yeah, sure. Yeah, until the next time we chat, you guys, you know, think clean thoughts. Keep your hands clean. Um, 